Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Secret Cabinet. Welcome to episode 40. No, I'm not going to tell the joke of the little clairvoyant daughter who prophesied that her father would die from a heart attack the next day. And when the old man opened the front door on the next day and found the postman dead on the doormat, he exclaimed, thank God she was wrong. Oh, now I've told it. Well, so be it. But there seems to be a connection between male people and children especially in the United States, where everything is known to be possible. Because around 1913, it was possible to send children to relatives cheaply by sticking a stamp on them and having them transported by the post office. The mailman would pick up the child and bring them to their destination for just a few cents. The historic Smithsonian Institute even has two historic shots of postmen delivering a toddler to carry in their mailbag. This is also the episode picture today. If you can't see it, check out podcastnick.com forward slash secret cabinet. Hold on a minute. We Americans shipped our kids by mail? Really? Really. But let's take a closer look. On January 1st, 1913, the U.S. Postal Service introduced a groundbreaking innovation. For the very first time, it carried something as crazy as packages. And right to the front door, before that, one could already send things, but these were only sent to the distribution centers in the next large city, which hardly paid off for the inhabitants in the countryside. The new door-to-door -door service, however, really took off. In the first half of 1913 alone, 300 million packages were sent around the U.S. At first, one could only send up to 11 pounds, then up to 20, and soon afterwards up to 50-pound packages. To prove how well they could deal with the packages, the first delivery was sent from St. Louis to Edwardsville, Illinois, with six eggs. They arrived safely and were brought back to St. Louis the same evening in the form of a freshly baked cake. The enthusiasm for the new service knew no bounds, and as a result, everything was sent which was not nailed down. Actually, even that. Among the goods sent was also a complete bank. No, not a piece of furniture, a complete building. Of course, not all at once, but brick by brick. When W.H. Coltharp was faced with the need for building materials 127 miles away to the city of Vernal, Utah, he began to calculate and found out that rail transport cost him much more than simply shipping the stones by mail instead. Actually, rail would have been four times more expensive. He therefore had the stones packed in handy 50-pound packages and sent by mail. Of course, the post office ran aground when suddenly a flood of bricks spilled over the small post office of Vernal. However, even though it was now regulated that each shipper would only be allowed to send 200 pounds per day at one go, it was too late. 
By then, the four tons of construction material had long since arrived in Vernal. And what about the children who have been sent? Surely not even us Americans are that crazy. Actually, we are. Well, some of us. As early as January 17, 1913, a few days after the introduction of the parcel service, the New York Times published a request to General Postmaster Hitchcock to see if it wasn't possible to send a toddler with the new parcel post. He'd said that only bees and bugs were the only living beings to be sent by mail, and babies would not fall under the specification. Presumably the article was also meant as a joke, but that did not stop people from actually trying. Because just a mere two weeks later, the same Times reported, quote, Mrs. E.H. Stanley, a resident of the town, today received her two-year-old nephew with parcel post from his grandmother in Stratford, Oklahoma, where he had been left for a visit three weeks earlier. The boy wore a sign around his neck, which showed that the shipping cost is 18 cents. He was transported 25 miles on the highway until he reached the railroad. He traveled with the mailman, shared his lunch with them, and arrived safe and sound. Other children were also shipped. Because the price of a train ticket was significantly more expensive, while the distances were not very far, neither was five-year-old May Piersdorf, who was sent from Grangeville to Lewiston, both towns in Idaho, on the 19th of February, 1914. She was 48 pounds, just under the 50-pound limit, heavier than the boy Stanley, who therefore cost 53 cents postage. The stamps were allegedly glued to May's jacket. She also traveled in the company of a postman named Leonard Mochel. Whether and how many more children may have been shipped is unclear, but probably not many. However, by the latest, by 1920, it was finally over. As the New York Times reported, Deputy General Postmaster Coons had made it clear from two requests that he received that children would basically no longer be shipped. Incidentally, a request came from a nine-year-old girl herself. Only non-dangerous animals that do not need to be supplied with food and water on the way will be sent in the future. So, the bees and bugs mentioned above. Incidentally, even the impressive photos of the postman with the babies in the mailbags are unfortunately not real, but merely pictures taken for fun. It cannot be ruled out, however, that this referred to the stories of the children printed by newspapers of the day. But this episode shows how important the post office was to the Americans in the early 20th century, and the possibility of keeping in touch with their often scattered relatives and friends by sending packages and letters. The mailman was thought to be so reliable, trusted with not only important mail, but sometimes even their own kids. I would not recommend the imitation in view of the current delivery conditions, at least where I am now here in Germany. The local Deutsche Post mailman or woman would probably be ready to squeeze this delivery in the mailbox. Back home in the States, we even have a creed. Neither snow nor rain, nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. I cannot but send you my best regards. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. The original German version is brought to you by Der Budler, and I'm Travis Dow. Thank you.